Welcome to Bro Science Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Bordeaux, and with me today is my wife, Erin. Say hello, Erin. Hey. And today we're going to talk about the fight picks that I made previously and the actual results from UFC 226. Before I get started, I just want to say that this is not an MMA podcast. It's just all that I have to talk about currently at the moment because it's all that's been on for the past few days. And so, we're still doing it out of the garage, so if you hear background noise, the wind, uh, animals, cars driving by, I'm sorry, don't let it distract you, I probably shouldn't even have brought it up, or you may not have noticed it. But last time, after we listened to the first recording that I made, all we could hear was the crickets in the background, which is kind of appropriate, because I felt like no one was listening. Mm-hmm. So, there was crickets just chirping in the background. But uh, anyway, so moving on, uh, the fights were good last night. I was impressed. Uh, I was making notes throughout the night because I knew I wouldn't remember it. Uh, not only was it late at night, there's a lot that goes on in a full fight card. Especially like me, I watch every fight that I can watch if I'm home or you know sometimes we're out doing things. But um, last night I, I was able to catch all the prelims. Uh, I seen uh, I can't even remember who was on the prelims card now. But uh, Aaron, if you don't mind, Google that the prelims for two two six. Uh, anyway, uh, the the fight the fights were good overall. Uh, I haven't looked and seen what they did pay per view wise yet. Uh, but this. These fights were they were they were pretty good. Let's see what Aaron came up with here. The prelim results and discussion play by play, blah blah blah. Uh da, da, da. Ah, that's the fight. I made a note here. The one fight that I wanted to talk about on the prelims. Paula Cosa and Uriah Hall. Man. Paula Costa, yeah, I mean, he he just put on a freaking striking clinic on Uriah Hall. I mean, he he, I don't know if Uriah Hall is just like one one foot in, one foot out, or what. Uh, it, he seems, I mean, he, he's a talented guy, but it, Paula Costa just, I mean, he was hitting him with body strikes. He that's that's actually what he finished him with. I think was a uh, a body kick. Uh, I I can't exactly remember. I just know it it was a lot of strikes. Uh, but that's where really where I started paying attention to the fights at. So we moved on to the main card after that, which was Khalil Roundtree Gokan Saki, and I predicted this fight right. And that's when Aaron started paying attention because as soon as Khalil stopped Gokhan, I stood up and was hooping and hollering that I had got the fight pick right. Yes. Knockout, first round, Khalil Roundtree. Uh, the next fight was Michael Chiesa and Anthony Pettis. Uh, this was, I got this fight completely wrong. Uh, this was a shocker for me. It was a good performance by Anthony Pettis. He was putting on a uh, you know, a good show before he finally finished the fight. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was a dominant performance from him, man. He was, he was moving good. He looked like the Anthony Pettis of old. Uh, 
he was throwing strikes. Uh, he, he was really his fight awareness looked looked like the old Anthony Pettis. You know the 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 Anthony Pettis that we saw throw the roundhouse kick off the cage on Benson Henderson back back in the day. You know, yeah, I mean he he was moving really well. And Michael Kies is a tough, tough dude. And I think he may have just overlooked Pettis. I know he came in overweight. Uh, I don't know if maybe there was a weight cut issue there, or if he was just thinking, you know, I'll I'll take it easy on this. What what is it forfeiting a little bit of money, beating a a guy with a good name and jumping ahead? You know, Michael Kies is one of the guys that was on the bus when McGregor threw that dolly through the window. So he may have came into some money. He may not even need the shit anymore, you know. He he may just be trying to look to promote his name. So he may look past Anthony Pettis. I don't know. Um, if you hear that popping in and out, that's my cats going out of the cat cat door. They're, they'll probably I'll probably have to holler at them here before long. But uh, anyway, yeah, Michael Chiesa, man. I mean, I I think he missed the opportunity here. Honestly, uh, Anthony Pettis threw up the submission. Uh, I don't know if that was. Looked like he may have been going for a triangle and then just transitioned to an arm bar. But uh, either way, it was, it was a good performance from Pettis. Uh, moving on, <laughs> after that fight, <laughs> I was I was in the kitchen doing something. Uh, maybe getting a beer, fix, fixing a drink or something. I don't know. But Aaron was expressing her love for Bruce <laughs> Buffer. I mean, she's, she said, that's how you put on a show there. She just likes, that's her favorite part of the entire fights is just watching the announcements. Because at one point he was hyped up about some fighter that has a tiger on his side uh, and he ended that up. Was, that was Mike. Mike he Chiesa. ended up losing. Yeah. But he was so excited for him. Bruce Buffer was excited that he yes. lost? No, he was excited in the beginning when he was announcing oh, when he was hyping him up. like choreographed their own little routine. Oh, they were both getting into it. Yes. See, I was in the kitchen. Okay, yes. I was in the kitchen for the beginning of that one. You missed it all. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, that, that's funny. Aaron, see, Aaron is a, uh, what you call the, I guess she would say she's a fan by association. Because I'm a, I'm a hardcore fan of the sport. And I was a fan of the sport before I ever met Aaron. So I kind of drug her into it. She has no option on Saturdays or fr- Fridays or Sunday, early Sunday mornings or whatever it is. Whenever there's a fight card on, it, that, we have we have one television in our house that we can actually watch stuff like that on. So, uh, yeah, she has no choice. She has to sit there for three hours or either leave. Go leave <laughs> yeah, go to sleep, play on her phone, whatever. But she hears it. And and she pays attention to some of them, so she knows a couple of the guys. She uh, like Frankie Edgar. She's a huge fan. I just like his family. She just likes his family. <laughs> See, she follows him on Instagram. Uh, I know what they're doing. Probably tags his I wife know what in Pinterest pets stuff. They have. Yeah. See what pets they have. What their names are. So get back uh, to me. But she could care less about Frankie Edgar getting knocked out mm-hmm. and have never been stopped. She's just like, oh. I feel bad but that his, his rabbit dog. Yeah, I feel bad that his rabbits, his sons are going to be upset and they're probably not going to feed the rabbits at the house tonight because they're going to be upset. Yeah. But oh well. Anyway, moving on. Also, a thing I noticed in between the fights, 
these commercials on this platform that we're using, uh, they're hilarious. They're awful. They are <laughs> hilarious. So whatever commercials y'all are seeing, we don't see because uh, we 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 don't have a cable television in our house. So we're using like Xbox stuff like that to watch the fights. So when they're showing uh, the commercials. We see these crazy, like, British ads. And they're talking about the World Cup, of course. The World Cup's going on now. Uh, I think last night on the Ultimate Fighter, they had a dude advertising a razor. And he would shave his whole body. He would stand there in a towel. And then he would pull the towel away like he needed to shave his pubes. <laughs> uh, what was the one from last night, Aaron? Was it an old couple and they were advertising like a... Some medication. Like a Cialis? Yeah, like a European... Uh, yeah, European Cialis. I don't know. But it was like a purple brick. Like, like a Xanax bar or something. No, not like a Xanax. Yes, like a Like a Berlin hard-on. Like, build the... Build, no, tear down that wall. It said they want to build the wall, right? This is true. Ugh. Anyway, I just thought that, yeah, those commercials are hilarious. Hilarious. It just shows you how much different we are over here, how censored everything is. But it's not even, though. What do you mean it's not even? It's not censored over here. I mean, they don't... Well, maybe the commercials are censored, but... I mean, they don't talk about people shaving their pubes on on ABC Family. You have a... Well... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a sixty-year-old couple that needs to take Cialis to get a hard on. Yeah, they just use like twenty-year-olds. Why don't they ever show the uh, like a a post-menopause woman commercial? They do. They do. We just don't have cable television, yeah. so we don't deal with that. I've never, I've never that. seen a like a lube commercial. Oh my god! Are you serious? All those KY commercials? Never seen one. Okay, well they're on there. We just don't have those. T- Shows and I mean, if we don't watch TV. That I much. guess that's advertised for both people, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, probably moving on. Not important. <laughs> uh, so next fight: Mike Perry and Paul Felder. Uh, I had picked Mike Perry by knockout in first round. Uh, and that's not the way. Uh, Mike Perry won the split decision. I th- I thought Mike Perry had won a unanimous decision personally. Uh, there was I guess there was a early round there. I I don't know. I'll have to uh, I'll have to weigh on on what. Oh, see, a uh, a lot of how I base these fights is not how I'm watching them at the time. This is the first time I've made notes as I was watching the fight. And like I said, this is bro science. I'm I'm not an expert at all. So what I do is later on in the week, I'll listen to other people that weighed in on the fights, and and make a you know a decision post that is like okay yeah I didn't think about it this way or that way or the other way, and you know after other people have talked about you know other fighters or other podcasters whatever after I've thought about it had some time to sit on it, I may think about it differently so I may do a podcast later in the week and talk about these fights one more time with a. Uh, you know, somebody else that's interested in them or whatever. I'm not, but I don't want to make this an MMA podcast at all because that, that's not all I care about. But anyway, uh, back to this. Mike Perry, Paul Felder. Uh, Platinum Mike, looking good. Oh, that was another thing. I asked Aaron, uh, <laughs> the, the previous fight that Mike Perry had, 
uh, I kept calling. I was rooting for him, man, hardcore. I was like, oh, come on, Platinum Mike, Platinum Mike, let's go. And she was like, who is Platinum Mike? And I said, the guy fighting on TV. And she's like, I thought his nickname was Magic Mike. <laughs> and I said, no, that's the stripper. And she's like, I like Magic Mike better. And I was like, I bet you do, Aaron. I bet you do like Magic Mike better than Platinum Mike. Platinum Mike is the ghetto version of Matt and Magic Mike. You know, he's got that little, that, that uh, not what do you call it? Not even yeah, close. but but Platinum Mike talks like a black dude, but he's a white guy. Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> not this okay. Magic that was, Mike. That was looking for. Anyway, uh, so what was I saying? Okay, yeah, his last fight, uh, he had a you know he got his ass beat really. Uh, he had a loss to Max Griffin, and this fight, he, he's in a new camp. He looked good. Uh, he was, he, you know, he looked like the Mike Perry of old. Uh, not, you know, not hesitant. Uh, he was doing a real good job of just uh, cutting off the cage from Paul Felder. Paul Felder was doing a, a, a really good job of footwork, moving around the outside of the octagon. He never could really get in that middle to take over the pace of the fight. Uh, you know, he's kind of throwing kicks and staying on the outside of Mike Perry's hands, respecting his strength, his knockout power. Uh, and Mike Perry did a good job of pre- pressing him and closing the distance. Uh, there was a headbutt at the very open of the fight. It opened up two cuts on both of them. Uh, the one on Paul I thought was a little worse because it was right over the eye. So it was leaking down into his eye, kind of affecting his vision. Uh, also, later on in the fight, uh, Paul got hit with a left hook and kind of bloodied him up, and that really cut off his vision a lot. Uh, he also was throwing a spin back fist quite frequently, and I think the first time he threw it, it broke his forearm. So he was dealing with a right broken forearm. He can't see. Uh, he's dealing with a super aggressive guy, but at the same time, Mike Perry was res- still respecting Paul Felder. I mean, Paul Felder's throwing spinning back kicks. You know, uh, his coach told him after that, he's like, "Look, man, quit throwing that flashy shit. Uh, let's let's hit him with some jabs. Let's 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 kind of point fight this guy." And I I just I don't I don't know what the deal was. Uh, I don't know if he was just kind of feeling the desperation there and just. Because he, he, he continued to, even after he broke his arm, he continued to throw that spinning back fist. Uh, I, I just think he, I think he, over, Paul, I think Paul was starting to get frustrated in this fight. And Mike Perry took advantage of it and got the split decision win. Uh, the next fight, oh my God. I think at this time, Aaron was passed on out. I think she had tapped out for the night. Most likely. It was, it was getting late. It was it was about 12, 12 a.m. or so. But need you know that we stayed up the previous night watching fights till 2, 2 Yeah, the, ulti- the I Ultimate stayed Fighters stayed on a long time. I stayed time. up that whole night. Yeah, and I had, to, I had to get up and work early in the next morning. So I'd been up all... I was surprised I stayed awake for these. I lasted as long as I did. But this fight, Jesus, it would put... This fight would put a crackhead to sleep. I mean, it was boring. Boring. Good thing I slept Yeah, it, it was the, uh, I mean, even Rogan was going on, off on it. He, you know, he was like, Jesus, this is the worst heavyweight fight of all time. 
And it popped into my head. The first fight I thought about was like, man, what's the worst heavyweight fight of all time? And I started thinking about Dada 5000 or 3000, whatever the hell he was, uh, versus Kimbo Slice, Bellator, when Dada got so tired he supposedly had a heart attack in the middle of it or whatever. I don't know. He, I think he was just exhausted. Anyway, uh, these guys threw... I mean, at least those guys were kind of throwing bombs and wearing themselves out. They just didn't have the gas tanks to go. These guys were just like, I'm worried my gas tank's going to run out and I don't want to get hit in the face. Because they, they, they were throwing these... I mean, Derek Lewis, he did throw some pretty cool switch kicks. I mean, for a guy that weighs you know, over 250 pounds. It's impressive to see him throw a switch kick like that to the head. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a switch kick is, you kind of just jump up off of one leg and then throw the kick with the other. And, uh, and he's throwing it on a guy that's well over six feet. So, uh, any, but it, other than that, it was boring. Uh, I think by the fourth round, they had only thrown like, I think it was 13 to 9 strikes had landed out of like maybe 30-something thrown total. It was a boring fight, and they just stood up the entire time. And Derek Lewis did not wrestle like I told him to. Like everyone in the world was asking him to. They knew that Nganu did not have any wrestling. And so now, apparently, Nganu is afraid to throw strikes, too, because uh, he's afraid to get taken down. I don't know. I don't know if he was respecting Derek Lewis's power or they were, I mean, uh, look, man, I understand Derek Lewis being cautious of a guy that's known for stopping people in the first round. And, 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 I can understand Ngannou coming off a loss. He he kind of realizes that he's even Dominic Cruz was saying this. He 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 realizes he's not Superman anymore because he finally lost a fight, and he's worried about getting taken down. I mean, if you throw a strike and miss, you're leaving that opportunity there for you know an open takedown, and the guy that's good at wrestling is going to take advantage of you, especially if he knows that you're weak there. Um, and it, it this I'm done talking about this fight. It was boring. It sucked. Uh, Derek Lewis won the unanimous decision. Uh, it he threw because he threw six more strikes than Ngannou and pushed the pace. Moving on, the main event: Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. Uh, we've been MMA fans have been waiting on this fight. Pretty much the whole year. Uh, they were the last in their divisions other than maybe like a dark horse. Uh, I heard someone mention the other day, Alexander Volkov. I forgot about him. He was a heavyweight, I think. Uh, but uh, it doesn't matter here. Stipe Miocic, the baddest man on the planet, the defending champ, uh, defending more times than any other heavyweight previously, versus Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight champ. The only losses that he has is to John Jones who is suspended at the time, so he is doesn't matter. Uh, Daniel Cormier had cleaned out the light heavyweight division like previously stated in the last podcast, uh, and he moved up the heavyweight, and he put on a shocker. Uh, 
this fight, uh, I I wanted I I was making notes for every fight, but this fight I wanted to make notes round by round because I thought it was going to be kind of a a back and forth battle, but a clinic, a wrestling clinic. I thought we were going to see Cormier put on a a heavyweight show, kind of like he did with Hendo, where he just was ragged on him. You know, we we wanted to see Daniel come out here and just. I mean, he he was forty pounds heavier than we're used to seeing him at, uh, but he he didn't give us a chance. This fight was finished by a knockout, first round at four minutes and thirty three seconds. Four minutes and thirty three seconds. There was twenty seven seconds left in the first round, and four minutes and probably four minutes and twenty three seconds of that. I would say it was all Stepe. Uh, as far as I can remember, like I said, it's late in the night. We're running on little sleep. I was super amped for this fight, and you know your jitters. Uh, this is how I remember it from my notes and stuff like that. I'll have to rewatch the fight, weigh in on it somewhere else. You know, get some other opinions. But um, man, Stepe was throwing some crazy combos. Man, it's it's cool to see a heavyweight move like that. And he's you know he's throwing one twos and exiting with kicks and throwing elbows, throwing knees to the body, uh, clinching Cormier, and that's where he fucked up. Uh, he started staying in the pocket too long, uh, wanting to clinch and tangle up with Daniel, and uh, the whole time, the whole fight, you could kind of see, like, early in the round. Uh, Stipe pressed Daniel against the cage, and they were kind of having a little grappling match against the cage, and Daniel's setting him up, you know, with a, uh, he's, Daniel's a smaller guy, and Stipe had him pressed against the cage, you know, he looks like the stronger, bigger guy, uh, just pressing all his weight on this guy, and Daniel's not really, and, and, and you heard the commentating about this too, Daniel's not really taking advantage of an underhook, being a smaller guy, and maybe, you would think he would, by underhook for for those that aren't MMA fans, you, that means you know you just hook them under the armpits uh, because you want to have the leverage advantage. And Daniel, being the smaller guy, had had his arms over Stepe's. So it's literally all Stepe had to do was lift him off the ground. I mean, he he could do he could have his way with him right there. And I think that mentally, Daniel may have been setting him up for that, thinking that okay, if I grapple with this guy, he's going to grab the overhook every time, and I can just have my way with him, you know, kind of rest here. Looks like I'm uh, taking advantage of him. I can land some little petty shots, maybe land a, a good shot on the exit. Uh, and and later on in the fight, uh, they took advantage of that same situation. You know, Stipe was tagging Daniel with kicks and punches, and then uh, around four 420 in the fight, they clinched up in the center of the ring and... Daniel grabbed, I can't remember if it was the overhook or underhook that time, but when he exited, when he pushed Stipe off, he caught him, I think, with a, it was a left hook. No, it was a right, a right hook. He hit him with the right hand. I don't, I'm not sure if it was over the top or an exact, but he hit him with that right hand in close quarters. I mean, they were, they were face-to-face, and he he just caught him in close and dropped him, and I 
I don't think Stipe was completely out as he was falling. I think he was still conscious, but he didn't have control over his motor functions at that point, and he just fell to the ground. And Daniel hopped on top of him, stacked him, and popped him with three or four good shots, you know, bounced his head off the ground before the referee could get in there and stop it and just completely finished him. And Daniel rode off into the sunset as the heavyweight champion, the champ champ. He is now the light heavyweight champ and the heavyweight champ. Uh, He's only one of five to ever hold a belt in two divisions, That those being BJ Penn, Randy Couture, Conor McGregor, George St. Pierre, and Daniel himself. And he's actually only one of two to simultaneously hold the belt, if you want to count that stint that McGregor was the featherweight and lightweight champ champ. And that's that's quite an accomplishment. I mean, it was kind of the perfect setup here for Daniel, and he took advantage of it. Uh, as soon as Stipe was, was finished, he popped up and was stumbling off and walking off into the fence and stuff, and it was just like he knew what had happened, you know. Uh, it may have took a little while for him to get his bearings back because he he was caught. But uh, I mean, I feel bad for Stepe, man. I mean, he was a good champ, a good representative of the sport. Uh, he was the average guy, you know. He's still a fire fireman. Uh, he he was just all around good. He was a good heavyweight champ, good representative. And this is not the end of the road for him. Uh, Stepe, I'll come back strong. Uh, but what's next for Daniel? That's what was interesting. At the end of this fight, Daniel called out Brock Lesnar. Now, some people are saying this was a staged bullcrap event, you know, whatever, what have you. I don't care if it was staged or not. It was cool, man, seeing Brock Lesnar back in the octagon after uh, UFC 200, which was two years ago now, I think, two summers ago during International Fight Week. Uh, that's when Brock tested for whatever in the Mark Hunt lawsuit and all that stuff, and he went back to the WWE. Uh, but uh, who blames him, man? I mean, Brock Lesnar, he's getting long in the tooth. Uh, he, I remember when he came out, I was... I think when Brock started fighting, I was still in high school. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was. Uh, which has been well over, what? Eight years. Eight years? Yeah, so. Uh, let's see here. Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's he's old, he's he's getting pretty old, though, babe. He's, four, he's 40 years old. Uh, and and Dan, Daniel's old. Daniel's a 40-year-old. Uh, he's 39 or 40, I think. Um, Shouldn't they retire, then? Yeah, that's that's a little long to be getting punched in the face for a living. For me. But see, Brock wasn't getting punched in the face. He was uh, taking those me- Mexican supplements and. Yeah, but it can only be so good for so long. Yeah, but I mean, if I mean that's the lifestyle, though. I mean, true. Think you want to get punched in the face for a living. Yeah, but Brock cares? wasn't getting punched in the face for a living. He it was just a short stint of his career. But I mean, he's, he is a wrestler. I mean. That's not an easy job. No. I mean, they're sacrificing their bodies and jumping off of crap and doing it a lot. Getting paid. Getting paid. Well. And that's what Brock Lesnar's, Brock Lesnar's getting about now. He's he's going to get paid. He wants his money. Uh, 
when he had his comeback fight versus Mark Hunt, they didn't even test the guy. I mean, they were like, whatever. Uh, basically, you get a freebie here. Just come promote us. We'll promote you, and here's some money. Uh, Clyde. Sorry, I have to yell at my cat because he's running out of the garage. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's he's trying to get his he's trying to get his paycheck here, and uh, you know his, his his they're off. This is what's crazy that Brock Lesnar hasn't won a fight since 2010. When he was the heavyweight champion. That was eight years ago. 2010. His last two fights, he was destroyed. Now, I know he had that diverticulitis or whatever it is, gut disease. But he was destroyed by Cain Velasquez. It's Cain in his prime. Then he was destroyed by Alistair Overeem, or Uberim as we knew him. Because he was j j j j j j j j uh, I remember me and one of my buddies, uh, Tyler Evans, we saw Alistair over him for the first time, and we were like, holy shit, this dude is a freaking monster. And he went in there and destroyed Brock. And then this next one, he has a win over Mark Hunt that was overturned because he tested positive for clomiphene or whatever it is, steroids. He tested positive for steroids. Let me look at Brock Lesnar. He's jacked. And last night he came into the ring and you saw the size difference between him and Daniel. And he came in there and shoved Daniel completely across the ring, whether it was staged or not. If Daniel was, I understand he's unprepared to get shoved like that by this freaking monster. But still, and you just see the power of this dude and the size of this guy and the freaking melon he's got on top of his shoulders. And Daniel's going to have to really do some. We're going to see who's the better wrestler in that fight. But what's crazy is after this whole whole time, I mean, he's coming off a two-fight losing streak and a no contest, and they're giving him a title shot because he's a celebrity? And is this... I mean, I, the UFC is in strange times, man. They're, I mean, they were recently bought for $4 billion, and now they got to pay that debt. I mean... And and we're gonna see stuff like this. I mean, we're gonna see the celebrities, athletes, whatever, coming in here and fighting these pros. And and Brock Brock's see Brock's a rare a rare case because this is a guy that's a freak of nature. He's an athlete that is a powerhouse and just has that scare factor. And he's fighting a guy that is unafraid. Daniel Cormier is not scared, and he's starting to realize. I'm at the end of my road here. It's time to cash out. So we're probably going to see, I'm going to say we see the Lesnar-Cormier fight maybe the end of this year if no one is injured. And if, con, I mean, you never know in this sport. This this is a crazy sport. Uh, it's like nothing else out there. But, um, yeah, that I mean, it, it was an exciting night for UFC 226. Uh, I think next weekend... They have some fights coming on, but it doesn't matter because I won't be here. Uh, we'll, we'll be watching a concert, so I won't be in, sitting in front of the television. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see slightly stupid Pepper and Stick Figure, thanks to the lovely Aaron. Uh, but anyway, that's it for this week. 
uh, or or for today anyway, not for this week. Uh, I'm not sure how often I'm going to do these. I may record some and stash them and just put them out on weeks when I'm busy. I don't know. Uh, like I said, still trying to work things out, figure things out, get better at doing these. And until next time, that's all she wrote.